hey, Boog Bounce Back Week was a success. Let's keep it going. We may have a commit, uh, a football commit incoming. We, Jeremy Garrett's on the way out, uh, and let's have some basketball talk. This is episode 16 of the Top Button Podcast. I'm your host, Charlie Five. Let's get it going. But before we do, we want to give a shout out to our buddy, Ford Stokes at Active Wealth Management, uh, who's here to help Auburn fans in general, but everybody uh, help grow, uh, get get to where they want to be as far as uh, their retirement savings, things like that. Check them out, activewealth.com. He'll give you a custom plan to help guide you to where you want to be uh, in the future. So uh, big Auburn fan, loves uh, loves the book. So give him a shout out, tell him War Eagle, and he'll he'll help you uh, get on the right track. Uh, if you were paying attention last night, uh, we're recording. Uh, this is Tuesday. If you're paying attention last night, you saw that a couple of Auburn coaches put out their bat signals. Uh, you had Coach uh, Logan Bradley, and then the tight ends coach Ben. I don't want to butcher his last name. Um, I'm just not going to attempt it. I'm just going to call him Ben A. Coach Ben, uh, they put out a tweet, sort of their bat signals, the eyes. Typically, that means when it comes from the position coach, you're typically going to get a commit from that uh, position. So uh, it looks like you're possibly, maybe by the time you're listening to this or a little bit later in the day, um, probably going to land a commitment from a big-time tight end out of Georgia uh, named Hollis Davidson. Uh, if you look him up, that's who I'm guessing it is anyway. If you look him up, he's 6'4", 230, uh, from Peachtree City, Georgia. He's a four-star on rivals. He hasn't – I don't think all the – you know, so, a lot of the 2025 class is still being ranked. Uh, a four-star on rivals. He's unranked in a couple other sites. That's going to change soon because once you start committing, that's when people start getting eyes on you and you start watching film from, you know, other recruiting sites and things like that. And then you're going to have your uh, your spring evaluations, your your summer camp series, and things like that. The biggest thing is Auburn loses a ton of tight ends this year. Uh, you lose your Rivaldo Fairweather, you lose your I believe you lose Brandon Frazier, you lose your Luke Deal, um, who's been here seemingly just a shade under a decade, uh, and and he's played great while he's been here. But but you you lose a ton, you lose a ton, and then all you have left coming back is just your your portal guy. Rico Walker, because you did not sign a tight end in the 2023 class. Or no, the 2024 class. You did not sign a tight end. So this was going to be a, a year where you took at least two, uh, maybe three, if they're if they're a lot of different skill sets. And you got two good ones right now. You got Ryan Gee, who is going to be more of your traditional uh, hand-on-the-ground type tight end that you got to have. And he's also a receiving threat, probably a very similar to maybe a little bit more athletic loop deal type, uh, maybe more of a Tyler Fromish uh, type tight end. And then you're going to have Hollis Davidson, who is a little bit more of a receiving threat, a little bit more well-rounded. If you watch his huddle, he lines up out wide a ton uh, or in the slot off the ball uh, a good bit, uh, catches a lot of passes down the field, catches a lot of stuff over the middle, just your typical what you see now in college football out of your tight end uh, that's a receiving sort uh, a receiving tight end a guy that can get across the middle a guy that can make those tough catches in traffic and this man this this guy looks like he could be um 
fit that to a T. So you got when you got him, you're going to have Rico Walker in a room uh, with Ryan Gee moving forward. It's a lot of young, a lot of uh, very, very skilled guys uh, at the tight end position. Really, really like what we're doing here uh, from portal additions, high school, uh, and and you got all your skills get all your skill sets you need. The tight end in, in this offense, if you remember last year, is is crucial, crucial in the run game. So you definitely need your guys that are, are willing to get down and dirty, and then you're going to need your guys that can take the not ne- maybe not necessarily take the top off, but that can be a, re- a threat that can that people are going to have to keep eyes on. You're going to have to keep bodies on um, while when they're on the field because you just never know uh, when they could pop. So I really, really like uh, what we're doing there. He actually came in over the weekend. We had sort of like a low-key monster, uh, I guess you want to call it a junior day, um, not necessarily a a marketed junior day, but low-key you had an incredible, incredible weekend as far as top-end talent. You had had six top 100 players – come in over the weekend and several that left extremely high on Auburn. I really thought we would probably get a couple of more commits out of it. And it may be that we're going to sort of drip them out, sort of let people have that, let, let people have their moment, like let Hollis, maybe Hollis is going to have his moment uh, today. And then you had guys like um, Anquan Fagans, who just, who we talked about on the last show, who uh, just says Auburn is special. Auburn's basically number one. I love it. Uh, Maybe he goes. And then you had Traveris Dice, who um, is probably one of your top offensive tackle targets, brought his whole family, uh, brought his whole family. And that 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 was massive because I think that was one of the last things that he had on his list that he wanted to do before he made his decision, before he made his decision. So a lot of momentum this one, we've been run. We had a little dry spell. You had a decommitment over the weekend uh, that you, I guess, you weren't necessarily. We weren't really necessarily expecting. Um, so you kind of you need some momentum. You need to grab some momentum back. Have the big weekend. Get a commit. Maybe get a couple more over the next, you know, seven to fourteen days, uh, and sort of, you know, grab the reins back and get everybody uh, pumped again. You go from uh, eight commits uh, to seven. You lose your big safety. Who is, there's no um, there's no real way to sugarcoat it. It's a big loss. It's a big loss, and you lose him to you lose him to Gus uh, at Central Florida, which I think was sort of a shock. Kendarius Riddick who had a good relationship with uh, Trevon, so you got to feel like maybe there was a connection there. And he was real quiet. You never really heard a ton about him. You never really heard a ton, ton out of him either. Just all of a sudden, he flips, goes to Central Florida. I'm going to be shocked if he ends up there. Maybe, maybe he does, but it just seems something, something's off. Something's a little weird about about that whole that whole situation. But regardless, uh, we need some momentum. You had another commit, uh, another kid, Naeem offered the number one player in Alabama that you thought you sat really well with. I think. They're probably going to have to do a little bit of not damage control, but, you know, build back some bridges after you lose Cadillac, you lose Zach. Those were two of his big recruiters, his his big, I guess, guys that he he looked at. Naeem uh, commits to uh, Ohio State. 
somebody that we really, really wanted, somebody that Auburn really, really wants and really, really needs. You need you, you need another – as many of those lockdown, uh, however you want to call it, corners as you can possibly get. And Naeem is very important. I don't think this recruitment's over. He's going to be very open and very receptive to the staff. He's only less than two hours away, probably going to be back on campus multiple times over the summer and definitely to several games in the fall. So I wouldn't give up on that one quite yet. Uh, I just I just don't I'm – not, I'm not sold that it's a done deal to Ohio State. But they are recruiting at an incredibly high level. You saw that they decided they're going to get serious uh, in the portal and, you know, landed a, a, just a slew of dudes in the portal um, and they're not they're not playing around right now so it's it's not like it's just going to be easy but again I just think in the end in the end I I, I, I kind of expect him to be back in the class or, or to be in Auburn's class maybe not back in the class because he never was but I, I would expect that's one that we'd say we've got penciled hey we're not letting him leave the state so it's been kind of slow. It's been kind of slow from a from a commit perspective. It's not been slow from a visit perspective, uh, from a uh, noise, height perspective. There's been a ton of dudes come to Auburn. There's been coaches all over the trail in houses. It's the dead period right now, so you may start to see the news sort of, I guess, subside for a little bit. You're not going to see – uh, Hugh Freeze in high schools. You're not going to see Hugh Freeze taking pictures out and you know with recruits and things like that or any of the other coaches because they can't right now. They just can't. They can't leave campus. And I don't believe recruits can even come to campus at the moment. It's just going to be phone and um, you know texting and stuff like that. And you know that's what uh, you know Hugh Freeze is. He's going to max out everything he possibly can. Whatever the rules are, they're going to max it out. <laughs> They're going to max it out. So recruiting is is still uh, it not not necessarily a, not a one hit wonder. You, you're you're still you still have a really good class so far. You still got a lot of momentum. You're gonna, hopefully going to should have a commit incoming here in, in any minute. Maybe by the, like like I said, by the time you're listening to this, by a highly rated uh, tight end. Maybe over the next week or two we can roll off a couple more and uh, get the ball rolling again. So recruiting's going well. Um, we're going to have a little bit of a speed bump we need to talk about. Uh, we're going to talk about next that we're going to have to overcome. But so far, so good. But before we do that, uh, let's give a shout-out to PlainsCoffee.com. Use coupon code BUTTON for 10% off. Freshly ground coffee sent right to your door. There's no need to have your your shelves stocked with the big crates, big buckets of coffee that are months old. Uh, go ahead and order your coffee and have it ground the day before it ships, sent to your door. You can smell that fresh aroma coming from the doorstep. And you can pick all kinds of different flavors, blends, um, whatever. Uh, I saw one, they got one called like the coffee blend, uh, cowboy blend. No idea what that is, but it sounds awesome. Sounds awesome. <laughs> but if you don't like coffee, they even have tea. So check them out. They got something for everybody at plainscoffee.com. Use coupon code button, save 10%. So the last show, I talked about how elite our staff was, uh, top to bottom, especially the defensive staff. And honestly, one of the big reasons 
that I felt like this staff was so elite was because of the emergence of Jeremy Garrett on the trail. He has been an absolute uh, star. He comes in, he gets a couple of big, uh, big guys from the portal. He goes out, signs three or four top interior guys, helps out with a couple of high-ranked high outside edge-type guys, and then he's already got four studs, absolute studs committed already this year, already for 2025 moving forward. So your, your defensive line class is almost – complete already you may look to add one more true interior defensive guy and then you're looking for pass rushers you know you're looking for pass rusher guys uh, i mentioned that he had kind of talked to he, he'd been talking with some nfl teams the, the the jags in particular honestly at that point in time there was no offer and i honestly thought he was we we're going to be okay i thought we we're going to be okay i thought it was just typical putting feelers out there and you know there wasn't really a ton to wor worry about but turns out you already know this but Jeremy Garrett takes the defensive line coach job position at uh, in Jacksonville and it's a big blow it's an it's a big big blow one that's not just going to be just super easy to to replace just because of the relationships, and I'm going to explain what I mean by that moving forward. Uh, it's it's, it's going to be a, it's going to be tough to to replace. It's not impossible, but it's, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough, and there's going to have to be some build back of of relationships. You hate to see one year turnover, especially a young guy who's got just gobs of potential. But the good thing is. He can go to the NFL, get even more experience, develop his skills, and maybe this guy could be a defensive coordinator at Auburn down the road because he is he is an absolute, absolute star. One thing that I've never seen when an, a, a coach goes, when a coach leaves, I've never seen this. And for the most part, I don't think coaches, head coaches would even want this. I don't even think they would really want this if, if it's anybody other than Jeremy Garrett and any other loyalty uh, other than his to, to Hugh Free. So you had the big recruiting weekend. You had several of your defensive line actual commits come into town. And who's there to greet them? Who's there to talk to them? Jeremy Garrett. I think that is just speaks so much volumes, so so highly of, of who he is and the character uh, that, that he has. To, to to stay back and and level with the guys that he brought he got in the class he he got committed to talk to those guys let them know the, the deal let them know they need to still stick with Auburn let them know that that you know he's gonna still be available to to you know to talk to have that relationship but I've just never seen that before because typically when guys leave, it may be a little bit it may be a, a little bit i guess less uncommon for jumps to the NFL especially in a time in the NFL where it's kind of off season ish there's not a lot to do for the for the jags because they're not playing for the super bowl it's not spring training i mean there's just not a lot going on so he's not necessarily going to have to report immediately so he had time to maybe stay in auburn 
And one big guy in particular was Jordan Crawford came in, and that's one of your bell cows uh, from Parker, your defensive lineman from Parker. Jeremy Garrett was the first guy to meet him out front. I just think that – I don't know. That that blew me away. That was – that would really impress me that he was willing to do that. So kudos to him for for hanging back and and showing how much he he cares about Hugh Free, showing how much he actually cares about these guys, uh, these commits, these uh, the players that he brought in. That's not just a he's not just churning and burning and bringing in dudes and selling, selling. And there's no there's nothing you know behind the words. He means what he means what he says, and 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 he preached it. Uh, this weekend, and I think that's going to make a huge impact. I think that's going to make a very, very big impact. One guy that I was really hoping would come, but he actually went to Alabama, was Antonio Coleman. If you remember, Antonio Coleman was an Alabama commit that was flipped. So everybody was very, very nervous. Okay, Jeremy Garrett's out. He was one of the main drivers to get that flip, and, and he's visiting Alabama this weekend. Could he flip back? You know, could he, you know, could he decommit and then just open it back up between the two? But he goes, he takes his pictures, you know, does the things that everybody does on a visit. And then he does an interview and he straight up says, my heart's still at Auburn. I think that's a huge bullet dodged. Does not mean it's not over. I'm sorry. Doesn't mean that it's over. They're still going to battle. That's still going to be a battle. Uh, that's a that's a not only a, an important kid to have uh, for your program for your depth, but it's also an important perception battle. Uh, if if DeBoer wants to make a a statement, you know, go pick off some some Auburn commits or go pick off some of the you know lock in some of the top ten players in the state, and Antonio Coleman's one of them. So for him to come out of that visit still committed to Auburn, not decommitted. Uh, I think that's huge. And I wouldn't be shocked if Jeremy Garrett's already been on the phone with him and already talked with him, but big loss there. Where do we go from here? There's a couple of guys that have been thrown around. Um, you got, obviously, it seems like every time the def- there's a defensive line co- uh, a line position open, everybody wants to bring back Rodney Garner, which, you know, he was unbelievable at Auburn unbelievable recruiter you know just well known as a as a top defensive line coach I don't know that that's going to happen um I I just don't see that I don't know that I think Hugh is going to want to go younger I think I think he's probably going to want to go a little bit younger like like it just worked out with Jeremy Garrett there's several dudes that that have been thrown around. One is uh, maybe like a Kyle Pope, who's a guy. He's at he was just hired actually at Georgia Tech uh, this past offseason, but he has a connection with Hugh. He has a connection with some of the guys from Liberty. He's basically he was at Memphis after Liberty was hired at Georgia Tech. He's another young, energetic Jeremy. I mean Jeremy Garrett type. They even got the same beard. Like they they look almost. <laughs> They look almost like the same guy. If you do listen to pre, look up press conferences, they sound a lot alike. You could go that you could go there. There could be a relationship that you you maybe let DJ Durkin bring a guy in. Uh, if you have that open slot and he has the relationship and it's somebody that kind of fits the culture and the mold of, of what you want to do, maybe you let DJ Durkin bring in a guy or use some of your your connections with, you know, 
a Charles Kelly or, or, or somebody else on staff to bring in a, a young gun recruiter because I think that's what you're going to need. You're, if you're, 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 you have some huge, huge shoes to fill uh, with, you know, with Jeremy Garrett leaving. There's been some talk that it, this this it's been it's there's been names thrown out, but it's been really quiet uh, since then. Typically, you'll see some candidates start to emerge. There again, it's really just been names that have been thrown out. But there's been talk that there may be an offer out to someone. Don't really know who it is. I assume if that's actually true and that's the case, uh, that should start to show itself pretty soon. And I would say. You need. I would say you really need someone in quickly because you got to start game planning for spring. Spring starts in like three or four weeks. I mean, it starts. At, it starts at the. I think right around the beginning of March, maybe into February. So at least your team meetings and things like that. So you need to have somebody in, and then when spring opens, you're going to start having your evaluation periods with, with high school recruits. So you got to be. You have a. You need to get a guy in. Uh, to go ahead and start hitting the phones, go ahead and start making rounds to when he can to to help build, you know, again, start rebuild some of those relationships, make sure you can keep some of the guys on board, show your vision of what you see, uh, how you want to how you're going to develop them, how you're going to use them, things of that nature, because not only do you have a new defensive line coach, but you have a new defensive coordinator as well. So a lot of change. Not all change is bad. Uh, it's not going to be impossible to replace Jeremy Garrett, but um, it's not going to be easy either. It's not going to be easy either. So he's going to be he's going to be great. Uh, he is his his career trajectory is just incredible already to the NFL, and he's going to do great great things in the NFL. And hopefully, he could possibly be a defensive coordinator or at least a co DC down the road. And that's kind of how you do You bring in young guys, you develop them, they go elsewhere. That's how coaching trees are born. That's how, that's why you see got these older guys. It just seems like they have all these different relationships uh, and they can, you know, a guy leaves and they can bring in a new one that they have some sort of tie to. And, it, and it's, and it's easy. This is part of it. This is part of it. So I assume Will Redmond, our GM, a player personnel, I, I believe, you know, he did a lot of coaching, scouting and stuff like that, uh, contract work and talking with agents at LSU. He's probably going to help, be helping on this uh, situation as well. So I know the defensive coordinator deal drug out. I think that's sort of an anomaly because of contract situations with Chris Kiffin and then trying to work through the DJ Durkin stuff. So I don't necessarily see this being another – you know, two month process probably be something pretty pretty quick, but it'd be it'll be fun to see. I love co coaching searches are fun, um, but at the same time, it's a lot more fun when you're not losing a dude like Jeremy Garrett. So I'm gonna be I'm gonna be uh, I'm already sad that he's leaving, but I'm anxious to see who we bring in to fill the shoes. So that'll be something interesting to watch moving forward. Um, all right, so last week. I deemed it at the beginning of the week, Boog bounce back week. We had the, the week prior, we had two tough road losses, close losses, shot terribly, uh, but played great defense, held teams to under their their league at their their averages, 
we just couldn't score. We couldn't score. And uh, recruiting was ta- was was quiet. You did still hadn't had a defensive coordinator. We needed energy. We needed a bug bounce back week. And basketball provided that in the most awesome way with two huge wins. Vanderbilt at home, you blew the doors off Vanderbilt, really should have won by 30-plus. Then you go to Oxford where they're undefeated at home, sellout crowd, electric atmosphere. You go down early, and then you just come absolutely roaring back and score 50-plus points in the second half and and just shut everybody up and blow their doors off. Ended with an emphatic dunk by by KD that was – received a technical foul, but it's probably the best technical foul of the year. And I totally, I totally let it slide. I totally let it slide. When you're up 16 and you can get a tech off of a dunk uh, with two or three seconds left, I say always take it, especially on the road. Take it. Just do it for the, the exclamation point. As long as you it doesn't, as long as it doesn't cause you to be suspended, do it. Take it every time because that just that just puts a a knife right through the heart. Uh and and that was that's what we needed. We needed last week, and the great thing about last week is we shot the ball incredible from three. We shot like 44% on the road, which is, you know, I can't even explain how excited that makes me feel because the way these guys play defense, if they're shooting threes, they are going to beat your eyes out every single time. I mean, you look, every single win – in conference this year so far has been double digits. It's wild. It's wild. You still wonder, hey, can you win a close game? But if if you don't have to have close games, don't have them. <laughs> you know, if you can just if you can just go out there and shoot and, and beat people by 10 plus points, go beat people by 10 plus points. Um I those games are fun to watch. There's no stress. You're just you know you're just high fiving and fist pumping and you're just loving the threes raining down. You're loving the dunks. Um, I, I can't say enough about this team, man. I, I love the mixture. I love the. I, I love that everybody can shoot threes for the most part. For the most part, you got Broom just absolutely lighting it up from three right now. He's got to be over fifty percent or around fifty percent from three in conference. That's not something that we expected, but it's something you're starting to see him take have more attempts, which in turn will open a lot of things up when when the big man can come away from the basket and he can hit threes that spreads spreads things out it sort of inverts your offense allows some of your smaller guys some space to get to the hole and allows guys like Chad Baker Mazar to be able to slash and, and gash and, and score at the rim so we're I feel like last week was a I don't want to say a, a peak but last week was a good uh, a good bounce back a good a good step forward to uh, what is going to be another tough, tough week, uh, another big week, a very important week. Uh, you play Alabama at home, and then you have to go on the road uh, at Florida, where a place where you just don't typically uh, play very well. So the Alabama game, obviously, you don't have to say much more than it's just Alabama. You know that that should be enough. But you're also playing for number one. Uh, in the SEC. I'm not really sure how the tiebreaker works, but it's what everybody, everybody you're playing for you're playing for first in the SEC. So 
you feel like you left so much on the bone. You left so much meat on the bone there in Tuscaloosa uh, two weeks ago, or, la- or yeah, two weeks ago, that you know you had a chance to win it late and you shot just absolutely terrible. You come back home. You're going to be in your home environment where you're comfortable shooting the ball. You're coming off uh, two big wins with a ton of confidence. It's a massive, massive game. We need it. Need this one. You need this one. And then if you win this one and then you go on the road to to Florida, who's playing incredible offensive basketball right now, you got to feel like the confidence – all right, we can win against you know the better teams in the conference. We can win on the road against good teams in the conference. Let's go. Let's go to Florida and and break this streak. I think I was listening to the post game. Um, I was listening to the post game at some point in time. Actually, I think I was listening to Zach and, and Daryl, and it's somewhere around like 1996 that we that is the last time we've won there, which is kind of crazy to think about. You know, 17, 18 years. Uh, I would love to go into Florida and and if nothing else, I just want to go into Florida and shoot the ball well. Even if you somehow you don't don't win the game, I want to go score the basketball. If we go lose ninety to eighty five or something like that, I'm not going to be necessarily upset because our our bugaboo, our our the where we struggle on the road is when we can't we go on the road and we just can't shoot. We can't score. And those those losses that we've had just have been, you know, just incredibly poor showings on the offensive on the offensive end. So this is a huge week. This is a very very big week. And I mean, I guess every week really uh, moving moving forward is going to be big. But this one in particular, because you got the Iron Bowl, you're playing for number one in the SEC. You're playing to try to have a chance to end a long drought on the road uh, at Florida. And both of those are more than likely going to be your, your the Alabama game for sure is going to be a quad one win. Not really sure how Florida sits that thing. That's a moving target in, in and of itself, but any road game on the sec is big and they're playing, they're playing good basketball right now too. So huge, huge week for the Tigers. You know, you come in, you're back up to number 12 in the AP poll. So this Alabama game is going to be a 12 top. It'll be a top 20 matchup. So there's going to be a lot of cameras, a lot of eyes on it. Great for your resume. Uh, and then, like I said, then you go to Florida and then you got to, you know, think, okay, we got through this week. Then next week you have Kentucky and South Carolina. Now you get both of them. You get both of them at home, but you got, those are both going to be your South Carolina is going to be a ranked matchup. Kentucky's going to be more than likely a ranked matchup. So you get over this hurdle and then you got to turn around and you got to go over another huge hurdle. Luckily, you get both of those at home. So we're coming down the stretch here. Uh, we're a little bit over the halfway mark in conference play. We still have all of our, I guess, all of our goals, all of our aspirations ahead of us. So this week, this week's big to sort of, you know, this week's big to just sort of keep that momentum going. Keep that momentum going. I enjoyed. There was nothing more than I, that that I could enjoy than than watching us light up Ole Miss in that second half. Uh, you're down nine and you come back. You hit the big three before the end of the half. Uh, Denver hit the big three before the end of the half, and then you come out and you keep it going. 
Broom, I don't even think scored in the first half, so you knew he was going to he was going to just um, at the end of the game you knew he was going to have at least 14, 15 points, and he did, and he hit a couple of big threes. So it's just just a fun team all around. You're getting, I feel like the young guys are getting better, the guards are getting better, and then you still got you got your Jalen who's still having his big season, although you know he's it seems like he's over the the week he had last week or two weeks ago on the road trip. And then you got Chad Baker Mazzara locking the doors, kicking the coaches out. No telling what he said in Spanish, English, broken English, whatever. There's no telling what he said, but whatever he said worked. And it's cool to see leadership and, and stuff like that. And that, uh, that old Miss at halftime could have been a huge turning point uh, for the season moving forward. So basketball is, is hot right now. And uh, we got a really good team, I think, that can make a run obviously in the SEC and then hopefully, you know, a little run, maybe end up being somewhere between a two and a four seed and make a little run in the tournament. So it's amazing what, what Bruce has done here. And this year is just a, another example of how he's re you know, how he's transformed and built this, this basketball program. So a lot of fun. Let's lock in tomorrow night and, and let's get this win against Alabama. And then let's talk about it on Thursday. So guys, I really appreciate it. Sorry. I was a little bit under the weather last night. Uh, so I had to jump on and knock it out this morning and, and get, you know, get, get the conversation going and, and get the book going for this week. So uh, I appreciate you guys listening again. This is uh, you can follow me on Twitter at the underscore Charlie underscore five. We're here Tuesdays and Thursdays. I do the locked on Auburn uh, podcast on, on Tuesdays. So you get to listen to me twice on Tuesdays. If you're just crazy and you just love your glutton for punishment, you can listen to me twice on Tuesdays. So I really appreciate it. This is episode 16 of the Top Button Podcast. Stay buttoned.